Hello, and welcome back to Motifs Between the Notes podcast, where we invite Rhode Island musicians to perform their original music and then sit down for a discussion about it with our host. Let's begin. That song's called Naked.
This song is called X Text. Let me save you some time. I don't want your birthday text next year. Despite this being a taping, this is like the best crowd I've had in a long time. <laughs>
I've been playing these wineries that are very loud. This song is called Butterfly. This morning and I was feeling lost I've settled down At what cost I don't remember What it's like to feel alive Since I killed with a thrill All the last of those butterflies Thank you. 
stomach That's a warning sign This one's called New England Woman.
Welcome back to Motifs Between the Notes, sponsored by Rhode Island Blood Center, RI Energy, Mother Earth Dispensary, R1 Indoor Carding, and Trinity Brewhouse. I'm Tess here at the parlor with Abby Jacob, who just put on a great performance. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. You're good? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Everything's good. <laughs> Don't have too much personality there. <laughs> um, let's get started with how you first got into music. Can you walk me through that journey? Sure. Um... I uh, I always loved music when I was little. I used to uh, play on the keyboard and sing love songs like for my parents, maybe four or five years old. So you started with the piano? Yeah, keep with like keyboard. a little, little unweighted keys, you know, cheap yeah. little Yamaha keyboard. And then uh, and then I played trombone, and then I got a guitar, and then banjo, and now I still I like to play piano still. Nice. And then when did you start performing live? Uh, I started playing at folk coffee houses when I was about 14, 15. I wore a Rage Against Machine t-shirt constantly, and I was very greasy. <laughs> and uh, I played somewhat problematic and not very good, uh, like, emo folk. It, it, but was it a phase? <laughs> For sure, sort sort of, I guess. Yeah. I'm still doing like very emo folk, I guess. Yeah, more. I feel like it's more like melancholy than yeah. than emo. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm. I just am a lot more conscious. I think. Yeah. So you mentioned at, when we were doing sound check your weird old instrument. Can you tell me a little bit about the guitar that you brought? Yeah, it's my my only guitar that I own. It's a 1972 Harmony Sovereign, and I've just you know, played the fuck out of it, so it's very worn from my fingernails. You said that you got a guitar. Was that the first guitar that you ever got? No. Okay. The guitar say, I got 12 years ago. Uh, the first guitar I got was at JC, uh, not JCP, uh, Ann and Hope department stores. And it was a knockoff Fender Strat electric, and uh, it was really crappy, and I still remember very vividly, like, trying to, you know, press my fingers on thing and make a sound you know like without it deadening or buzzing yeah. or whatever and then uh and then i've had and my first acoustic was a fender that i got when i was about 14 or 15 in maine that my father bought me just like a fender the low, like bass model yeah. acoustic but that one's been with you for 12? that's been my main guitar for about 12 years 
it's seen it's seen some stuff, huh? A lot of songs, a lot of uh, playing, a lot of practice. Nice. So uh, you're from Dartmouth, Massachusetts. When did you hop over and join the Rhode Island music scene? Uh, I grew up in Dartmouth. I moved to Boston and went to school there and started really playing out there. And then I moved to Charleston, South Carolina. And I was there for about six, seven years. And then I've been back here since 2017-ish, 2018. So you've explored a bit. What do you think makes the Rhode Island music scene different? Uh, I would say like most Northeast music scenes, it's like maybe a little, uh, it's not the friend. It's like, uh, it's very, it's not even like the people are unfriendly. It's just cold and we all keep to ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's like everyone's but really nice. But do you think nice. that everybody knows everybody? It's small enough, yeah. sure. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Sometimes I like, I saw my friend was playing the other night and then she was playing with a couple of other artists I had never heard of and they were wonderful. And I was like, oh, I don't know everybody. Yeah, there are I think, still people too. Yeah, uh-huh. the idea that like, you know everybody because it's a small scene, I think is like usually wrong. Yeah. Because there's like, oh, it's a city. There's a, way, a lot more people than yeah. in my like click of like Americana. Yeah, there are artists. always more people to discover for sure. Yes. Um, so you released an EP, Preservation, in 2020. How was it releasing that during that time in the world that was COVID? Uh, it was like screaming into a void, you know? It was just like... <laughs> kind of just pressing I, It's kind of like I never even put it out. I don't even like, you know... It's, it's kind of like it got put out and then it's just there. You know, there was no like putting it out. I made a new album that's coming out early next year and that's like gonna be like put out that's you know, like, yeah like i have people that are like helping me and there's gonna involved. be some marketing yes that kind of thing when should we expect that album or what can march. you say about the album march it's called hawk in the nest nice and it's a uh, every song has bass and drums and keys and there's no guitar and there's horns and it's like a really grooving album nice what did you do during covid to kind of stay creative and keep sane uh i was lucky i had my son uh and so covid was like us getting a lot of time together so taught him how to ride a bike and then by the end of covid was teaching him how to shave so it's like covid was so long it's such a long thing like so there was a lot of time like uh just raising my son and uh watching movies mm-hmm. and uh did you write at all write lot. any music oh yeah i wrote a lot of music yeah will any of that be on the upcoming yeah album? this album is all written during the pandemic nice now you've uh toured internationally do you have any crazy stories from that you did a scandinavian tour i have no crazy stories because i don't drink alcohol and okay. i uh and i don't uh, yeah, I don't drink alcohol and I don't like ever hook up with people, so I have no crazy stories. I uh, I like to get to bed early and wake up early, and have okay. coffee, and then arrive like early for things and uh, and do my best. <laughs> you live a very it seems healthy lifestyle. No sugar, vegan. Yeah, yeah. obsessively healthy. Yeah. I uh, I I. Uh, 
I need things to be like exactly sort of how I need them. Yeah. And outside of that, I get thrown off really easily. Yeah. Do you have any any memorable moments during the tour aside from getting blackout or or uh, waking up in a random bed or? Anything? Well, uh, the best part of the the best part of the that tour was I'm I had bandmates that were based in Stockholm, Sweden, mm-hmm. just for that, and they were the sweetest guys. And I sort of, like, fell in love with them, you know? We had, like, a very loving and affectionate uh, sort of connection, which I had never had with, like, bandmates or, you know... It was, like, I guess interesting to have that with with men. Uh, Why do you think that happened in that specific situation? I think because I was out of America. Yeah. I don't... You know, it's like I didn't realize how pervasive America is until I left. Like, I remember... It was like rush hour mm-hmm. and there were all these cars and bikes and they shared the road and they were just like peacefully merging and taking turns. And it was, there was no fights. There was no anger. There was no <laughs> fights and no anger. Yeah. I didn't see a single like fight or argument. Now, um, one could say like partially why it's such a homogenous society and they're not very like friendly immigration. So it's not like it's all great. You know, there's yeah. like a double-edged sword for that. Yeah. But it was like pleasant, at least for for me to to be there and to meet the other musicians that played too. Nice. There all there was a lot of really nice people whose music I admired, and they were playing like the head headlining, and I was like playing first. And so, but they were it, when you're like in the back or whatever, it's just like everybody's the same. Yeah. Nobody's like, there was oh, good you've, camaraderie back yeah, then. you've done this and you, you yeah. won a Grammy, but you, I've yeah, never yeah. seen before. There's none of that. Like, what are your credentials? <laughs> yeah, just being in the room was enough mm-hmm. to be like accepted. And I, so I made friends and it was like a bit like camp, like summer camp, because it was this tour with these festivals and everyone's playing the same yeah. festivals. And like, you're like far away. So it's like, oh, sleep away camp. Yes. <laughs> it had a camp like feel. So I got to like camp with people whose music I really admire. Mm-hmm. So that was really nice. Nice. So you're performing and there's an audience. What what do you want your audience to experience? Or or what do, what do you want them to feel during your performance? Oh. Hmm. Something. <laughs> Emotionally good. I, I don't know. Um, I think it all depends. Sometimes I feel like uh, it's maybe that I would hope it's something that I'm being self-aware enough in my lyrics that it inspires a level of um, self, like like maybe appreciating something about themselves mm-hmm. uh, or something about the world. Do you want them to relate to your lyrics or connect to to your music a bit more? Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't think about it. I make the songs because I'm inspired to make them and they're expressions of how I feel. And then I play them because I want to share it. So I don't know if it's like I want... I love the connection feeling, you know? Mm -hmm. I've had shows where um, the audience was like very open and sending me energy and I was giving all of myself to them. And then the sort of cycle of that was making an ever growing uh snowball sort of of uh of connection and magic that is you know live music nice 
And what's your uh, what's your songwriting process like? Do you handle the music side of it first and then add the lyrics? Uh, they come together. Um, for the most part, it's one feeling that I have, like, I'll be overwhelmed. And then one uh, feeling will come out in a melody and one lyric usually. And then I sort of build off of that one thing. That one idea is like the whole rest of the song. Mm-hmm. Like usually the first line of my song will be like the thing for the whole rest of it, you know? Like the sets the tone mm-hmm. and the meaning and the intention, I guess. So you kind of build off of this one thing. Yeah, and usually the first line of the song. How long does it typically take you to, to bang out a new song? Sometimes it's 15 minutes and sometimes I write a verse and then it doesn't have something else and then a chorus comes three years later and I finish it. So I've had songs. There's a song on the um, on the new album that you know I started eight years ago and just had the chorus, but then I never... It was just a chorus and then yeah. I was working on some other lyrics and it made sense and I... Mush them together. Put it all together. Yeah, because like there, there is like an overall theme of like maybe um, you know like heartbreak or suffering or yeah. in like most of the songs, so yeah. they can kind of fit the together. human experience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, and what musicians do you think you take inspiration from, and how do you think that inspiration has affected your sound? Um, well, some. I was actually just, uh, someone asked me today about what I've been listening to. I don't listen to, I don't listen to folk music. Like, I don't listen listen to folk music. Not really. Like, I don't listen to music that I, the kind of music that I make because I, uh, I want to leave like space in my head for that. Okay. And, um. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Do you just not want to crowd your mind with, with other people's folk music? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to be sounding like other people. Mm-hmm. And so if I listen to like um, like Anderson Park, then I just can enjoy it. Because mm-hmm. nothing in my mind is thinking I make music like this or I'm going to, or I, or he should have done this different, or um, I don't like that line, or, oh, I do something similar to yeah. this. But yeah. so I, I like to listen to music that makes me forget that I do this, you know? Yeah. Like D'Angelo and Anderson Park and uh, you know, uh, Michael Jackson and Prince. Okay. Yeah, R&B. How do, do they inspire your music at all, do you think? Do you think that you take any tidbits sure from Michael it. Jackson? I'm, and I'm sure it gets in there, but I, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't sound, you know, I don't sound like that. But I, I, I think maybe I just find it to be um, like... It's the it's the lyrical connection mixed with a movement, mm-hmm. and it's fun to dance, you know. Yeah, it is fun to dance. I think like sitting and listening. If I'm gonna sit and really listen to something, it would be like Leonard Cohen or uh, Patti Smith, something like that, something old. Yeah. So I don't say. I guess I shouldn't say I don't listen to folk, but maybe more. I would listen to much older stuff. Maybe more poetic, not um, not the kind of like Americana stuff that I do. Yeah. How did you find your sound then? Or or what was the process of you finding your sound? I, um, I think I just kept doing it until it felt right. Yeah. 
I don't. Uh, so playing the keyboard and playing yeah, that definitely, first guitar. It, it definitely the songs come out a little bit different when I'm writing on piano versus uh, guitar. Mm-hmm. And I think making an album without guitar was really helpful to see how you can change songs by playing different instruments and uh, it changes the whole song, you know, mm-hmm. even though you don't change the lyrics or the music, yeah. you just sort of change the t- tempo maybe or the instrumentation and the energy. Energy. Speaking of energy, you mentioned performing at vineyards where it's kind of like everybody's just drinking and not, not zeroed in on the performance. What's your ideal performance setting or environment? I've gotten to experience some really beautiful settings that have been that I couldn't imagine like a better one you know yeah it's Peak. just been rare yeah. you know yeah like I, I what have some it, of those been I played at the Charleston Music Hall and it's a theater mm-hmm. and it was opening for a sold out show so it was you know 950 people packed in the theater and everyone seemed to really be excited to see me mm-hmm. and so I was excited that they were excited and then it just was contagious yeah it became this beautiful sort of moment you know mm-hmm. and I know people liked it because I sold out a merch after the show like everyone bought up everything and I was like yes and then people were really upset that I didn't have more and so I was like nice I you know better than leave the people want more and and then another show I had in Chicago it was at a bookstore in a real small bookstore, but there were maybe 30 people in, so it was really full. And I was able to um, connect with individual people while during the set, mm-hmm. like individually for a while. I would play like one song to that person or half of a song, and I would maybe switch. And so, but I felt a really beautiful moment. You know? Yeah, that and nice I, sense of intimacy with your crowd. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then after, like, I talked to the people, and it was like, it was a feeling. It wasn't something I imagined, you know? Yeah. It's beautiful. Do you have any upcoming shows that you'd like to shout out? Um, yeah. No, well, when does this come out? <laughs> this will probably come out in, like, two weeks. Okay. I'm probably thinking, yeah. Well, I'm playing November 30th. Okay. At the Blue Room in Cranston with my trio. Okay. And, uh... December 2nd at the Galactic Theater. We love the Galactic Theater. Nice. In Warren. And then you have the album coming out in sometime in March. Yeah, probably March. So people March. should be on the lookout. Do you have a social media or a website where they can check you out? Yeah, my Instagram is Hawk in the Nest. And I'm starting, I started this thing where I, uh, I'm videoing birds and uh, narrating Oh, that's sweet. Birds. Did you post something about that? Yeah. I yeah. think that I saw, like, the first installment. Yeah, that's the only one I've done so far, but yeah. I really love it, because I love birds. Yeah. And I think uh, it's just something that I can do. It's a little different than, it's a breakup from maybe all the things that I'm, like, used to seeing. Yeah. Uh, and I love birds. Nice. And I, I, ho- I hope it's, like, a calming thing, you know? The love of birds? Like the videos. Oh, know. yeah, yeah. People be like, ah, oh, yeah. Because I was just in the woods. When's wood. the next one coming out? Yeah, I'm all soon, but I, I, uh, w- I was in the woods recently, and I was staying in the woods, like, uh, on a farm. Mm-hmm. And I was reminded of how important nature is. Yeah. I forget, like, living in cities, you know? Like, if you actually spend some time in nature, you're like, I, for me, I remember, like, oh. It's that reminder. I'm like, I'm like an animal. Yeah. 
a human animal yeah. who roams the earth yeah. and feeds off the earth and exists in the earth. Like, yeah. in the city, it seems like totally separate. We are like these brains these, like, and people and bodies. Yeah, they're like yeah. going from box to box yeah. in, in like fast boxes to get from one box to another. And not even to, I'm not even insulting it, that's the way I choose to live, but it, it's, it's like... It's a lot simpler once you kind of ground yourself a bit out. It's almost disconnected yeah. from, from humanity. It, and it makes sense that people can like get behind these boxes and then suck in all this like right wing brainwash nonsense and then be like no oh, trump won the election or yeah, yeah. oh trans people are a problem or whatever because yeah, they're yeah. not really human like they're yeah. just sort of separated from humanity yeah that's awesome <laughs> great um, i figured it out yeah <laughs> you're enlightened um, i am now a life coach yeah and i book challenge me. Yeah. <laughs> book me it's www.gimmeyourmoneyimalifecoach.com um, okay, well, awesome. Well, we'll keep an eye out for your album. And, and the life coaching shows. business. Please. Yes, and the life <laughs> And the birds videos. No, that, well, that is really, yeah. That is something to actually keep an eye out for. But uh, thank you so much, Avi, for being here. And thank you again to our sponsors, Rhode Island Blood Center, RA Energy, Mother Earth Dispensary, R1 Indoor I've Carving. I've gone to Mother Earth. You are, you are? I've gone there. It's nice. It's They beautiful. don't use any pesticides. Yeah. They only carry strains of cannabis without they're growing without pesticides yeah. no it's beautiful i in appreciate there. that of them and trinity brew house um i'm tess with mochi magazine thank you to the parlor for letting us use this space and we'll see you next time folks